1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. Hi, welcome to Remote Controlled, Varieties TV Podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking about Better Call Saul with producer Vince Gilligan and star Bob Odenkirk. Stay tuned. We're live at the ATX Festival, so if there's some background noise, we apologize, but it makes it for a more live audience experience. So I'm here with Vince Gilligan and Bob Odenkirk to talk about Better Call Saul. Hey guys. Hey, Deborah,
2: how are you doing? Good to uh, see you. Hi,
0: Deborah, how are you? I'm good, how are you? So I heard you just wrapped production on season four. How did it go?
2: What a season. It was, uh, well, you, you, you can answer this better than I can. I can tell you, I was, uh, I was there for the second to last episode directing, and just the little bit I saw, the, the, the 10% of production I saw was, uh, was uh, very intense and, and exhausting, but wonderful. I can't wait for people to see the, uh, see the, uh, the, the season, uh, season four.
0: How does it compare for you to previous seasons? I've heard someone told me it was the most ambitious one yet. Would you, Would you support that? that most ambitious season yet?
1: Boy, it's hard for me to gauge those kinds of things. I, I, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, okay, I'll say yes.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: the story goes to so many places now. I think one thing I, I love about season four is everyone, you know, the writers, it seems to me, this is from my perspective, are, are comfortable with the dynamics of the show to such an extent that they, can really have fun telling the story and can go to all the different places that they've laid out uh, for this story, which is comedy. I mean, honestly, scenes that are kind of almost pure comedy uh, and then, you know, violence and drama and, and so quickly and personal interior discovery and struggle and all of that right one right next to the other instead of I think maybe it was a little more tentative in the first two seasons where it almost seemed unreal, the dynamic that we get to have on this show. Like, could it possibly be okay to be this funny when we want to be funny and then two minutes later be dead cold serious and have the stakes be through the roof? And could that work, And, and are we allowed I don't know, Vince spends more time in the writer's room because he's one of the main creators of this show, and certainly in those early years, you were there with Peter doing it.
2: It's You know, you're right, it's a very elastic show. It's more elastic than Peter and I ever thought it would be. It it stretches like silly putty uh, to great lengths between, as you were saying, between uh, comedy and drama. Uh, But now in season four, I don't think i always got to be coy about what we give away but i i don't think it's given anything away to say that the the uh breaking bad universe is is hurtling even closer uh with more rapidity toward uh, the better call Saul universe and they're overlapping more and more in this season in season four so the stakes and this is stuff everybody says on podcast oh the stakes are higher <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it is the stakes are higher. I mean, it's just because that's the, that's the, that's drama 101. You know, you got a finite number of uh, episodes, and you want to you want the best stuff to be at the end. So the most exciting, dramatic stuff. And man, that is that is coming.
0: I can't wait to see. It. I mean, we certainly felt that in season three. I mean, we talked about this often how Jimmy was getting really closer to Saul by the end of season three. Is that evolution going to continue this season?
1: Definitely, absolutely. I feel like he's on the three yard line of Saul, um, so close that he's almost there um and in some ways he's there without spoilering it <laughs> it's weird but there's a there's a scene in the middle of the season where i can't say anything you can say it's <laughs> a damn thing i
2: like the i like the uh, three yard line analogy yeah it just just steps away from spiking it in the end zone yeah yeah it's all good one yeah yeah and
1: and <laughs> Yeah, so the, the joy of storytelling, uh, and of course, I'm not in the writer's room, and, but I'm getting the vibe off the scripts. I just think maybe it's part of going uh, the snowball building in speed and coming downhill and all the groundwork that was laid in the first two or three seasons. But you, I just feel like there's more fun in every direction you go. It, it moves faster. It goes more places quicker. And I feel like there's a confidence and certainty from the writers that you feel in the writing. And it's great fun for us to just keep, you know, doing these different modes of of the characters and uh, revealing them and getting closer to Breaking Bad and the characters of Breaking Bad, including uh, a new character who's from Breaking Bad, which is a crazy thing to say. It's a new character who is from Breaking Bad, which I, I won't try to explain that any further.
0: <laughs> Vince, can you help us out? My bourbon went down the wrong
2: <laughs> pipe. Oh, man. Excuse me. Uh, I love the way you put that. Uh, yeah, there is. Oh, man. How do we say this without giving away the whole... The whole uh, I
1: don't think he's saying any more than that.
2: Okay, yeah. You know what? He said it all.
1: There's a he new said it very well. There's a new character who is from Breaking Bad. Yeah. And now I leave it to you, audience, to um, try to divine... What that I'm referring to, <laughs> <laughs> and an important character. Yeah, I'm not talking about some guy who wanders in and wanders off. I'm it, talking about a new dimension. Yeah, in this season that. It, yeah. Yeah,
2: now, and not necessarily a character we saw. I'll give one more little hint, just so mm-hmm. people keep going. Mm-hmm. Just sure. one a character, not necessarily a character people saw in Breaking Bad, but. That was, uh, if not seen, then spoken about.
0: Oh my God! This is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I am so intrigued. You heard it here first. All right, we got it. Deborah's podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So, Vince, I know that you and Peter torture yourselves every season, saying that this is going to be too hard to write. Are you getting more? Comfortable? That's why I, That's
2: why I stepped away. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Peter and the writers, who, by the way, are doing a better job than with without me than with me.
0: <laughs> Has the voice gotten more comfortable? Have you? Feel like you found the voice of what the show is? Well, you
2: know, I, 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 I I'm, I really have, truly have stepped away a bit. But it, well, you know, uh, I, I could tell you, if, you know, from Breaking Bad days, and also from watching Peter and the writers do it, and also from the three seasons I was full time here on Better Call Saul, and and you know, and, and you know, anecdotally and 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 first pers- first personally. Jesus! A, again, the bourbon. Keep sorry. drinking the bourbon. I know. Um, <laughs>
0: Another round, please. You don't
2: ever to to, to get to, to try to answer your question. Uh, you don't ever really. I never feel like I have a handle on things. I, I think I'm pretty safe to speak for Peter and say the same thing in terms of. You don't. I think we have a handle on the character, uh, and you learn more about the character and then the actors. Uh, you know, Mr. Odenkirk here sitting next to me. Uh, first and foremost, tells you educate you about the character. You learn about the character as the show progresses. I learned about Walter White as, as Breaking Bad progressed. Uh Peter and I and the writers learn about Jimmy McGill slash uh Saul Goodman slash Gene from Omaha as the show progresses. Uh but I don't think you ever feel like you have a handle on it. I think I think which is which is an uncomfortable feeling and it lasts for years. It lasts for the entire run of a series, at least for us. It has in the past. It probably will this time around too. And then you realize one day when you when you're thinking is straighter, you know, when you when you when you realize you you know when you when when fear is not is not uh, leading the way, you know, uh, too much. You realize you it, you really don't want to feel like you got a handle on everything because that's when you really should be scared. That's when you're just sort of you you know dialing, it, uh, phoning it in, you know. So uh, I don't think we ever really feel like uh, we got it, uh, you know, figured out. We just sort of think you know making it up as, as we go to the best of our ability.
0: And Bob, what about from your perspective? Is it getting easier or harder to keep playing Jimmy?
1: Um, You know, my experience with this level of script and acting, which you know is new, certainly was very new to me when I started. um, I'm still sorting it out. You know, it's it's still fairly new to me. Um, I think one of the things I used to hear about people like Gandolfini and even Brian Cranston is that there was a it could be hard to play the character for a long time and and they got I mean they loved it they loved the challenge of it but I think both of them expressed at different times like it, it wore them down a little bit I, I I don't know I you know part of it is that the arc at least in the course of this season is getting closer to Saul and when you play somebody who's um ethically challenged you know i it's not a person it's a difficult person somewhat for me to play because he's um very selfish and um i he's not a um he's not a good man <laughs> 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 you know in the despite the, what he calls himself no you despite what he calls himself. he's got all his reasons and he's got a lot of uh, psychology that you have sympathy for empathy for and and yet it it can be hard when the person is um selfish or um destructive and willfully so.
2: It's kind of self-destructive, and it it is a tragedy that he, because I think he was a good man at one point. He might have been a little slippery. Oh, I think he was very yeah, good. Yeah, and it's just it's we're. It took us a long time to just speaking for Peter and myself. It took us a long time to figure out we were we were putting on a tragedy. We're telling the story of a of a tra- you know it's a tragedy, and it. Uh, but you know you have to, and it, it, it is tough to see this guy devolve because you I like Jimmy McGill so much early. First season, uh, Better Call Saul. I'd want to go have a beer with that guy. I love yeah. that guy, and he is calcifying layer by layer, slowly but surely, into Saul Goodman. And that is tragic. That is a sad state of affairs. And and you want to arrest it, but as 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 uh, in the terms of writing it, you 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 feel like God. I in a way I'd like to arrest this. I'd like to make them live happily ever after, but that's the antithesis of of, of drama. That's not. That's not what people are tuning in for. People are not tuning No one ever tunes in to see them live happily ever after. That's why you tag that on as a coda at the end. You don't ever see that. Right. So
1: There's a moment in this season where uh, he's really, it's, oh, geez. It's very close to the end moment. And it's an interesting moment because after the character's I feel like he, he feels like he would perceive it as getting ground down and pushed in the corner and battered and beaten and denied, and, and those things are all chasing him into this corner called Saul Goodman. But what is great about the moment is I feel like he presents it his Saul Goodman persona that he is very close to, and he, he presents it, and he sees it in that moment as a triumph. As a, as a choice that is positive And it's a strong personal, like, look at me. Look what I just did. Look what I'm becoming. And it's helpful, at least, that he sees it that way. But me, Bob Odenkirk, you know, it's a shame to see him get the life beat out of him. Um, so the, the sort of the struggle of doing that or sort of going down that road h- is hard now. I have hope for Gene. And I don't know what the plans are for poor Gene in the Cinnabon, but he's uh he's not dead.
0: Are we gonna see more Gene? He's not Walter White. I don't <laughs> I don't think
1: they're gonna blow up the Cinnabon. Uh <laughs> I don't think Cinnabon will let us. <laughs> <laughs> uh so what could happen with Gene? I mean maybe it could be some maybe there's some um uh, uh re uh Reconnection with humanity. Maybe Kim's uh,
0: waiting for him somewhere. Just
1: well, I mean, something wonderful like that is beyond <laughs> hope, I think. But maybe dare uh, to dream. Yeah. Anyway, look, I love playing the character. I I just told you in our conversation before this podcast that about a scene, and and I probably get one at least per episode where I look at what they <laughs> what they've written for me, and I go. Why are you letting me uh, take a run at this? It's got layers to it. It's got humor. It's got uh, you know evolution in it. Sort of. It's got. Uh, it's just a richness in the writing that I cannot believe I'm entrusted with, and it's such a joy to to study it, learn it, f- figure it out then go on the set and in the case of this one scene we were talking about um, Vince was the director and he helped me go to a different place than I would originally read it as and it was so great it was such a richer fun confusing moment Um, the character kind of thinks he has this he has this great confidence about how he's managing this situation and then he starts to second guess and see that maybe he maybe he doesn't have this thing under control and it's slipping away from him right in front of his eyes and he's got to try to get it back and and he uses all his powers but it's not working and yeah how you know how lucky am i i mean one great thing about having a role this good is i don't even have to wonder if i'll ever have another role this good i won't and so they don't write them like this. Nobody get. No, by the way, nobody has a role as good as this. So right, not not in movies, not in TV. They don't exist. No one writes them. Shakespeare, <laughs> Shakespeare gave up finally. I don't know what happened with him, but uh, uh, he got that first folio out, and that was it. I'm good. I don't need a second folio. I'm good. Uh, uh, but really, really, it's yeah. It's great. It's great to play it. It's great to think about it. And it and it is a little hard to... Um, the hardest part of it is uh, he's becoming a bad guy. And I feel bad for him. And I feel bad that he's headed that direction.
0: Yeah. It seemed like... So last season obviously ended on a huge cliffhanger. Is How much is that going to impact Jimmy going forward that feels like something big that's going to push him over the edge?
1: I think the fourth season... Is, a, is all an answer to that question. The whole, the reverberations of Chuck's death just echo, you know, a person who dies who's that close to you, and that suddenly, and who means as much, no one means more in Jimmy's world than Chuck. No one. He defines himself by Chuck. He's trying to achieve, uh, gain something from Chuck. Uh, approval, uh, acceptance, love. And he's not getting it. And, and it's his been, last
0: conversation was terrible. It's
1: been his drive of his life. And his last conversation, Deborah, in which I bring up all the time because that had to stick in his head.
0: Of course. I mean he said the cruelest line you could ever say to terrible. somebody. Yeah. You know, and it yeah. 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 And it
1: resonated. Yeah. I mean I, I heard it and I felt it as as me and oh, wow. certainly as the character, Michael McKeon's performance in that moment was uh as good as anything can be, and real, and, and heavy, and, and again, it, so it, it resonates through the whole fourth season, and, I, and but a person, my point is simply that a person who dies close to you, who's that important in your life, you don't get over that in a week, You, you that's the rest of your life is defined by that relationship, and how you responded to it, and what it left you with.
2: Yeah, I... I. I, I agree, and I don't think he meant it when he said it. I no. think he was saying it to be mean. He, he, for the folks who may have uh, forgotten, he he says to his brother Jimmy, you know, you never really meant that much to me. What a yeah, and so so cutting and so cruel, but in a way, and he said it, and you're right, because because Michael delivered the line so perfectly, because he said it so that you could do nothing else but believe it, and yet I think underneath it, I didn't think I think he yeah I think you say that to someone when in fact you. They mean a lot to you, good or bad, and you just want to really stick, I th- twist I th- the knife. I think man.
1: you're right, but I think, and I, I had the advantage of looking him in the eye when he said that, yeah. <laughs> and I just think that that um, distance, uh, that perspective on a moment like that is very hard for people to have in their own life. Well, of a course, right. A person close to right. them can, person not far removed, yeah. one relationship removed can look at it and go, well, don't you get it? That your son is just going, he's just telling you to you know fuck off because he's becoming a teenager and but the dad who you're talking to is like no no he told me to fuck off to my face yeah. <laughs> he meant it i was there you weren't there i was there he meant it and and you like yes i know but no and and so so i think for jimmy my experience of acting that moment with michael McKeon and and all that they've been through and where they are at that moment that matters too you know, where they are at that moment where Jimmy has just basically apologized and said, Let's put this beside, let's put this away. I am sorry. I am owning up to being, um, to having fostered this bad relationship and done things that were wrong to you. And I, I'm apologizing and coming clean. Let's try to have a fresh start in this moment. That's part of it, too. And then the response is, You didn't mean that much. Why are you even talking to me? And and so, I I think even though I agree with Vince that from a perspective and not even a very distant perspective you could see that moment he's just trying to hurt you back, and I don't I think the person who experiences that moment oh it's understandable if they course. would go no he no no I was there he meant it you yeah. didn't see his look in his eyes yeah.
0: What's the state of his relationship with Kim then going into the season? Is Kim going to be able to be supportive of him and help him get through all of this, or is that relationship... Well, that is an
1: amazing relationship in season four. That is a better relationship than it's ever been, and I mean that in every sense of the word better. It is a richer, more perceptive, from the writer's point of view, piece of writing and work, but also, you know, characters in shows... They have this psychology, and they meet the world with the psychology, and very often they become uh, a series of responses that you're, you can rely on. And the writers and everybody and the viewers even go, I know when he says this, she's going to say that. And you've kind of seen people, and that's how people are in the real world. They're all, they, they can seem like little robots. I know what they're going to do. And then the way, I, and especially I think this is true in a couple, there are a couple scenes in season four that blew my mind. They don't... The two characters respond in the way that a good couple responds. Not in the way... Not in their automatic... Um, you know, uh, response mode. And they listen to each other in moments where you wouldn't expect it. As it's written... Say, I'm not going to give away what happens, but Jimmy's apologizing or explaining something he did wrong or a duplicitous thing he did. And it and Kim listens and says, well, you know, uh, what was that about? And they have a conversation about it with a little bit with a lot of maturity and forgiveness for each other and for themselves. You don't see that. I don't know. You're lucky to see it in real life. But if you have a long-term relationship, you are bound to have experienced that moment a couple times because you can't keep things going if the two people aren't willing every once in a while to just set down their automatic responses, hear the other person, not punch back or hit back with the traditional response. And go, well, where are we at with that? What, what do you think we do with that? And it's amazing to play those scenes. It is amazing. Do you know what I'm talking I about? I do, Vince? I
2: do. And how great is Ray? I mean, just having Ray to, to work against it, how great I is Ray? I mean, Ray,
1: Seahorn, and I both. And there's two scenes I'm thinking of, maybe there's three, but there's definitely two where the characters expand. In a way Mentally and emotionally That people do in real life And weirdly You can look at these two people And very easily go Well their relationship can't last It can't last If she wants to be a respected lawyer In the community, in New Mexico She cannot be around a guy Who is going to become Saul Goodman But also should become Saul Goodman He belongs in the You know Down with the lower rank of denizens of the (laughs) criminal court system that he'll be great there (laughs) go there she goes here but in these moments is when you go wow no they're a great couple yeah they should stay together and if it's a marley madeline james carville situation which i point to because we all look at something like that and they exist you probably know maybe one couple like that in your not many but where you go, like, oh, they are diametrically opposed in all um, ways that I that the world does the math, and yet somehow I get it. They they have the value; their deeper values are exactly the same, and they just express them in completely opposite ways. <laughs> and and in these moments, in the fourth se- season, and I can't tell you where they are or what they are. I hope you'll see this if you experience it, if you're a fan of the show and you're watching that relationship and feeling it, you'll know ex- exactly what I mean. And it is an amazing thing to play because you you really feel like you're playing, a I don't know, I want to say a three-dimensional person, you're playing a five-dimensional person. You're playing a person who goes beyond their own ability to be dimensional and to, to, and and to not rely on their automatic response to a situation. And, 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 you you know, if you relate to it in real life, you go like, yes, I luckily I've had those moments myself. My wife, Naomi, I'll give you an example of what I'm saying. Because I really connect my feelings in experiencing this moment in real life with these moments in better call Saul in season four two weeks before our wedding i got cold feet i mean i really did and and we had we have such a great relationship and we were having a trip to san francisco i was doing a comedy festival or something there and uh it was i was being weird all weekend (laughs) and she goes what's going on and I go, and we're two weeks out from wow. a wedding, 110 people, you know, coming. Maybe we should, maybe we should put this off a little. Wow. And she, mm-hmm. and <laughs> this is what I'm well. saying. And this is what I'm saying. And this is her response. Quiet, ready for the automatic response. Any, there are numerous choices that yes. are Acuteing jumped to a mind.
0: Three or four words. <laughs> yeah. And
1: she goes, what do you think that'll get us? And my brain knocks on the door of my subconscious and goes, what do you guys think of that? (laughs) And my brain goes, nothing. Let's get married. And she goes, well, and she's like, no, no, let's talk about your suggestion. I go, no, there's no, no. Clearly, I just wanted to know what would happen if I said the worst possible thing I could to you. And if that's your response, if that is what you say to me when I tell you the worst possible thing, I'm getting married to you. Because I'd be a fucking idiot not to join up with that. So, ladies, here, I don't know what lesson there is in that, but you know what I mean? It was like this moment where I'm expecting a knee jerk. And you don't even have to say knee-jerk, but you know what I mean? An automatic um, response. And I'm shocked by a kind of an exhale and an enlargement of our ma- maturity. And these things are written into Better Call Saul Season 4, and it blows your mind. And I'll tell you what else. I think it makes Jimmy's Becoming Saul even sadder because you've seen... That he has this capacity. Because he also expresses an ability of self-awareness. Uh, uh, right. And uh, because he's shown that he can go to this place, it makes it even sadder that he then makes the choice to bury himself in this reactionary uh, self or a created self of Saul Goodman. Well,
0: unfortunately, we're almost out of time. So I'm just I use them to... all no, the time, Vince. it was Vince. all good. All was good. St- it was all good storytelling.
2: Violence is not, so violence is not the answer when confronted <laughs> with a question that makes you very angry. All right. <laughs> that's, that's our
0: takeaway message. So just leave me with one word to describe the fourth season. How would you describe it?
2: Oh, man. It's hard to boil it down. It just, it's just friggin' awesome. I mean, it's just, it, it, and it's not... And and uh, like Bob was saying earlier, it's it's a very elastic show that uh, allows for uh, a great deal of humor and drama and tragedy. Um, it's probably less humor. Uh, I think the the guys, uh, Peter and the writers, uh, tried as hard as they could. Probably less humor as we go, as we get closer to the end, more tragedy. But, man, uh, if you're a fan of Breaking Bad, uh, I think you're going to dig this show. Oh, you know
1: what? If you're a fan of Breaking Bad, I'm so sorry because it really shouldn't be the case, but you're going to have to watch Better Call Saul now, <laughs> or you won't be able to say you've seen all of Breaking Bad. You know,
2: that's a good point. I like the way you put that. Yeah. And so I didn't boil that. I didn't even come. I've miser- failed miserably at boiling that down to what did you say. One word.
0: Like you, you had a sentence. Awesome.
2: awesome.
1: You know, it, it's it's a it's a roller coaster that is halfway at the highest point. So you're in, it's just running fast and it's going a million places and it's sure of itself. And it's just tons of fun. I think it's just tons of fun. Yeah. I think we were, you know, finding, I mean, listen, I don't want to speak for you guys cause I don't write the show, but I do th- think that you were very careful about how you started better. Call Saul. And you wanted it to have a different vibe and a different rhythm and tone than than Breaking Bad, and you were discovering something. You were just disco- you were really on you know, you were in uncharted territories. I think the
2: two are similar in that uh, we you know we purposely started off not throwing the kitchen sink at it, and so the the best is best is yet to come.
0: Yeah, awesome. yeah. can't wait. Thank you so much, guys. It's always been a pleasure. Thank you,
2: Thanks. Deborah. Mr. fun.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking about This Is Us with star Milo Ventimiglia. And if you like the show, I'd appreciate it if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Let us know, too, who you want to hear from. What stars and producers should we invite on the show? Email us at podcast at variety.com. See you next time.